It's time for another power-packed episode of Headspace with Dr. Mike. Each week, Dr. Mike is committed to addressing real life, sometimes polarizing and controversial issues, while offering practical and informed insight. Listen in as we discuss hot topics that matter to us and the communities we live in. What's happening, Headspacers? We are here. It's the end of August. Where did the summer go? I have no clue where the summer went. It is the end of August. We got a couple more days. Uh, Here in Baltimore, school starts on Monday. Not only, uh, you know, K through 12, but also college. (sighs) Summer's over. Kevin, what's up, brother? What's up? Hope everything's going well in Denver. So good to see you. All of our uh, folk who are here joining us live on our social media platforms, make sure you go and click share, 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 share with your people. We definitely want to have a group and you you, you don't want to miss today's show. As always, we have something uh, power packed, as the announcer said, and uh, I'm really excited because we have a friend of Headspace with Dr. Mike that has rejoined us. And not only is he going to be here for his segment, but he is actually here to join us for the whole show. And uh, y'all are in for a treat. Let's give it up for my brother, Lonnie Matthews from the Texas area. I think he's in Houston. We got you, Lonnie. Lonnie, hold on. We got Lonnie. Lonnie is here. What's up, brother Lonnie? Hey, my man. Appreciate it. I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Glad to be here. Man, it's so man, it's always good. You know, um, Lonnie and I shoot, I'm trying to think, man. We met, it had to have been what 2005, 2006. Yeah, it had to be. Um, man, yes, long time. Oh, yeah, roll tide, roll tide. Yeah, it's been, um, man, yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, it was early. We were both a part of a national speaking team, right? Uh, from monster.com. Uh, between that, I think it was called Making It Count, and then uh, the DLP, Diversity Leadership right, Program, right. between those two programs. Um, I tell you what, uh, everybody always asks me, they say, how did you uh, you know, become the speaker that you are today? And I tell you, I mm-hmm. actually you know, sharpened those teeth uh, working with Making It Count. Making It Count did some of the best uh, speaker training that I experienced, even through my college experience as a competitor in speech and debate. Um, just man, just, it, it was one of those things we would go for those trainings and, you know, you left, it was a masterclass. The whole weekend was just a masterclass. Yeah, basically. And you left inspired and motivated because yeah. he's a room full of type A people. Yeah. Everybody's over the top and, you know, <laughs> a lot of successful people doing, you know, great things in their, you know, respective, you know, fields. But we just had that bond that we was all just type A outgoing you know, extroverts and take over the room whenever we walk in there. Like, yeah, yep, I'm here. <laughs> what you why you why? Oh, 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 all right, I see you. You know, we, we was that guy. We, we was that. Everybody in the room was that guy. You walk in, hey, hey, what's up? I see you. I see you. Hey, get at me, okay? <laughs> it was like every training. It was like every training. We should have just had a big stand and repeat. So yeah. you could pose for the camera because we all were celebrities, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> One thing we didn't have was the red carpet when we got out of the car. Just... <laughs> you know what? Uh, real quick, you know, 
we, we would go around and we would do uh, things for high school students, college students. But one of the highlights was if you were chosen to go to Hawaii and Alaska. Mm. Did you ever get to do any of those uh, those trips, Lonnie? No, I did not. I, I didn't get a okay. chance to do either one of those. So I wasn't good enough for Hawaii. I wasn't, I wasn't good enough for Hawaii. I, Who, I, was? Know, Who was? Right. right. <laughs> I wasn't good enough. I think Terry actually, used to, Terry and Frank used to do Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. Hawaii. exactly. But I remember getting a call and it was like Alaska, like it was like literally I would have to leave in three days to go to Alaska. <sighs> and I was so, I don't, I don't want to use the word thirsty, but I guess I was so, you know, I was still like trying to figure out my place in the speaking right. world. And so, of course, I was like, oh, my gosh, I got picked to go to Alaska. You know, they dress it up like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get everybody to Alaska. And it didn't dawn on me. Wait a minute. This is the middle of February and you ascended somebody to Alaska. The reason why I'm getting picked is because the people that you asked before said no. <laughs> it was like, I'm good, man. And I tell you what, it was cold. I will never ever i take people say alaska's so beautiful i say it probably is but i wouldn't know because i just spent the whole time being cold mm. but I, that's just one of my fondest memories but one of my fondest memories of you is just you always uh just you were one of the trainers of the speaker right and uh just you know you will always give good feedback but it was never it was never designed to tear us down it was mm -hmm. always time to build us up, but it was all great. And I, I still remember I, a lot of the notes that you would give me and the other trainers. So I just want to acknowledge you on, a, on on this platform and say thank you so much for being the big brother that you were in my speaking career and even now and how much of an inspiration you are to me. So just want to acknowledge you, Brother Lonnie. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate the kind. Yep, yep, yep. So, hey, guys, we're going to do like we always do. We got some head notes. There's a lot that's been happening in the news I uh, hope you all are following. You know, the Olympics are like one of my favorite things. Um, hey, our CEO of, of Elevation Global Media is shouting out here. She said, those are my people. Where they at? That's right. She understands. She understands the over, over the top folk. Good to see you, Madam Executive, Chief Executive Officer, Founder, President, all that good stuff of Elevation Global Media. Um so y'all know the Olympics is like a big thing for me. I love the Olympics. Olympics is is awesome. And uh, they're in the Paralympics now. And I'm going to tell you some of the stories that have been coming out of the, about the Paralympics have been incredible. Like just, I mean, I'm just amazed. Like there's this one, uh, I think he was from Iran or um, I forget what, he's one of the Middle Eastern countries. And he was playing ping pong with his foot and his mouth. Oh, wow. So like he literally throws the ball up because he has no hands. He has no arms. Wow. And he literally throws the ping pong ball up with his foot. So he has a shoe on one foot and a bare foot that's, um, that's wrapped, tape. And he throws the ball up with his foot and then he plays ping pong with his mouth. <laughs> and plays better than people that got access to both hands and feet. Wow. Yeah, definitely better than me. <laughs> Man. And so, um, and so anyway, it's just been amazing. So if you all have not been catching uh, the Paralympics, you definitely need to just talk about inspiration. And it's like, after you watch that, you're like, well, what is my excuse? Because, I mean, there obviously is is no excuse because these are people doing things with, with uh, there's a, 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 a runner who um, was racing um, blind, like just blind and racing. And here's the funny thing. 
Lonnie. How, how do you stay in this lane, first of all? Dude, they have a guide. They have a guide that literally wears a jersey that says guide. And basically, that person is either talking to him, is connected to him, or tapping him. But here's the thing I was thinking about. So not only is the racer winning the medal, but the guide has to stay up with the racer. Mm. So can you imagine, like, how do you how do you apply for such a job like that? Like, how does that even work? Right. And, and the racer, I mean, so he basically, when he's, has the, he has the train just like the runner does. I'm just saying, like that that's how it works. And I was I was just amazed. like he they're, they're they're guiding them and they're winning a medals. So I mean they got I, I'm like I'm guessing that if a person wins a medal, the guy has to get a medal too. I think that's only fair. I mean right, right. I, well, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm I need mine. You got me out here training, <laughs> training with you. <laughs> I might just run in the Olympics myself. I'm just saying, man. But yeah, you got to check it out. It, it was very impressive. And so, um, so, so with it, but with that, you know, we still got some drama from the regular Olympics. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shakari Richardson, mm. uh, America's. You know, everybody fell in love with her. Um, you know, just uh, she, you know, she impressed some folk with the hundred mm. meter dash here at the trials. Then it turned out she couldn't go because she had some weed in her system. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. You know, we were we all had the sympathy and the empathy for, you know, and that sort of thing. And I mean, when she came out of that, we were like, okay, you know, she's being humble about it. She recognized, you know, sure, I should have sure. did it, blah, blah, blah. But then they had a race mm. and she came in last, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean, mad. I saw that. And, you know, a lot of that when you, you know, I've talked to people run track and field. They was like, you know, she just during that time period, you know, usually you have a warm up race or two somewhere in there before right. you do a big race. Right. Just right. didn't have that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what kind of training she was doing during her downtime, but yep. uh, it's definitely noticeable uh, the fact that she came in last. Um, and, and it came in, she came in, and you're right. I mean, these, I mean, she got beat, and she got beat by the Olympic one, two, and three. Sure, of course. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, right there. But I mean, she she got beat by everybody else, too. Mm-hmm. The other people, well, all right. So she, she lost the race, right? And then, mm-hmm. of course, people, you know, you know, Twitter, especially black Twitter, we, we are ruthless. Twitter right? is mean, yes. Yeah, man, we can be able to, but at the same time, the question was, how is she going to handle it? And she didn't handle it real well. Matter of fact, Allison Feet now Allison Felix, the, the darling of the Olympics. Right. 11 gold medals. I mean, she beat Carl Lewis, right? Mm-hmm. She said, look, people need to rally around her. Mm-hmm. You know, people need to support her. You know, I'm, you know, she basically was all but saying, you know, look, let's 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 let's, let's really try to try to build her up. Shikari wasn't feeling it. What'd she say? She said something about that was a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. The whole Oh yeah, it, it wasn't good. Well, you got you got to check it out, man. It, it's it's a sad situation. Yeah, because she has so much potential, and every you know some people are saying she's young. I get it. I'm not going to write her off. I don't believe in writing anybody off, right? right? Right. Um, but I do I do pray that she gets somebody around her, and she gets in a place where she can totally receive what people are trying to offer her. I mean, I mean, it's I, not I, a mentor, Mike. She needs a mentor. Yeah, everybody does. needs a mentor, man. I yeah. mean. Because, you know, even after she lost, I mean, the the appropriate thing would have been to say, hey, this is, wasn't my best race. But you know yeah. what? I'm going to do better and I'm going to still be here. Just be watch out. You know, watch out. Watch, watch out. out. Watch and out. We, and just leave it at that. You know, that, yeah, but I think she was trying to get in front of all the get in front of black Twitter because she knew it was coming. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, sometimes you just gotta. Um, yeah, she needs a mentor, bro. I mean, some people in her life that's like got her best interest in mind. Somebody paying attention to what she's doing, yeah, right? Because right. you know, think about it. In her sport, she's probably got one, maybe two more Olympics under her belt at this mm-hmm. point, and mm-hmm. so she's gonna make her mark and make her money. Then she got to get on out there and do the right thing because you know she got endorsements on the line here and all the potential and yeah yeah she need a mentor man you ain't lie because i mean she didn't even go to the olympics and got endorsements right and it could be even more but she got to calm down yeah you're gonna have to get that together that's absolutely right that's absolutely right that's absolutely right um on a different note with that uh we got a lot happening in the news uh mm-hmm. definitely want to give a a special acknowledgement uh, to the the troops that yes. are fighting on our behalf over in Afghanistan. Um, such a just a just a sad just situation altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the situation with our troops that kind of got you know in the midst of the the, the terrorist attacks. Right. Um, then you got the fact that we still got people that appear to be stranded in Afghanistan, not getting out, and everybody wants to. Um, you know, everybody wants to point fingers at what I did. Yeah. I did appreciate um, as much as, you know, I'm, I'm careful about the politicians. I did appreciate a couple of the politicians said, you know, now is not the time to do the finger pointing. Uh, let's get this deadline. I think there's like three days left in the deadline mm-hmm. that President Biden has set. And, um, you know, you, Lonnie, are a, you know, you're a veteran. You, yep. you, you, you did you actually, uh, did you actually go to Afghanistan? I went to um uh, Saudi Arabia during Desert Storm. Okay. I'll be yeah, back in 91. Yeah, when when Kuwait, Kuwait got invaded by Iraq. Okay. And so okay. I was over there. The original Desert Storm. Yeah, the original Desert Storm. For like nine months, I was over there. Well, first of all, thank you for your service, brother. Thank, thank you for your service. No for being willing to do what a lot of us, including myself, aren't haven't been able, haven't done. Mm. And, aren't able to do and aren't willing to do. So thank you for that. And when we get back from the break, I do kind of want to take some time to just get your perspective on that, um, because I think that that's going to be helpful for the listeners to really just get a sense of what that is and and what kind of support we can be giving to the men and women who, you know, have to be on the on the line uh, fighting on our behalf. So go ahead and pay one of these bills, please. Okay, man, pay your bills. 2020 gave birth to a lot of endeavors. Here in 2021, everyone has had to get in touch with their inner producer. Our man Garrett Brace is one of those guys you need on your team. We at Headspace with Dr. Michael clients of his as he ensures all of our audio files are crisp, clean, and cool. If you have any audio, video, and even lighting needs, hit him up at GWalt Services on Instagram. Remember, GWalt Services, servicing all your audio, video, and lighting needs. So first of all, question, Lonnie, what um, what branch, what branch are you in? Where are you in? Uh, Marine Corps, United States Marine Corps. Hoorah. Hoorah. Okay. Very good. You know, I always said that if I were to do one, it probably would be the Marines. I just yeah. think the Marines. Probably second would be the Navy because I do like the water. Right. right. And I think Navy and Marine are kind of hand in hand a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We are actually under the Department of the Navy. The Marines are just, uh, we're not an actual branch. We're just okay. under the Department of the Navy. We're um, a fighting force. That's what the Marines are. We're just a fighting force. We that we that cousin 
that when stuff go down, you want around. But then everyday life, yeah, listen, I, I'm, I'll let you know, cuz. We, we that cousin. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We that dude. When the fight happens, when it hits the fan, I don't want nobody but this crazy dude around. Right, right. On the day, every day, like when you're out with him every day, you always scared that something's about to happen. <laughs> and that's what the Marines are. We just fight. They just go in, we tear it up, and then the army comes in and sets up, you know, the base. And we just okay. we on our own, you know, we that's what we do. So uh Marines are the America's fighting force. We're able to be anywhere in seven days, anywhere in the world. So we are on ships. I served on the ship for two years. Okay. Uh, being able to react and just get anywhere we need to be, sustain ourselves for 30 days and fight and fight until the army can get themselves together and get over there. And that's probably and that's probably where they why they call Marines. It yeah. makes sense. Ah, I never knew that. I be, well, and it's funny you say that we're gonna go back to what we were talking about a little earlier. <clears throat> the Naval Academy is here in Maryland, right? Mm -hmm. And they just revealed their football jerseys uh for this year. And they, they were saying they're doing like the red piping, like mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that's the enlisted um Marine. That's y'all have right. the red piping. And um, and they said they're doing that in tribute to the Marine Corps. And I was just like, Well, that's I mean, aren't they the Navy? Why would they be right? Yeah, we fall under the Department of Navy. Ah, so when you graduate from the Naval Academy, there's some people that come out as Marines and yeah. not Ah, you can be, know that. Yeah, That's, they could be a marine officer or a naval officer. Get out of here! All right, so, 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 as you're watching the news, and I know you don't watch a lot of TV, but I'm sure you know you had to be under a rock and not really <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, everything that's going on. Sure. What is, what is some of your perspective that you can help? You know, at Headspace, we really try to make sure people are getting a informed view and i mean I, I know you're not with the state department you don't work at the pentagon like you you don't you aren't getting the security briefings but just as a person who's been boots on the ground in a situation like that what what's some insight that you can give us that would probably be very helpful um understand this that what we what we call retrograding or getting back because i had we, I, have, I was in charge of that after the storm the storm lasted that long i mean it was like a hundred hour war yeah, we was over here for months. We last a hundred hours, and then now the next, you know, seven months, we're trying to get stuff back to the states. So it's a very hectic time for everybody that's trying to get this get that done. Um, so you know, just understand that, and you know, being a person that was over there, I'm, I know I'm sure the guys are just excited about getting back home to the loved ones, but there's going to have to be some adjustment for them, you know, especially from a, a mental perspective so you know anybody that has anybody that's coming back home just be there for them mm -hmm. be there for them and help them get the help that they need to kind of you know process stuff and because it is going to be different for those individuals mm -hmm. um I, I i feel like i'm at the point now where i think we should have been out of afghanistan a long time but that's mm -hmm. just my personal thing Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a lot of lives being lost over there and I'm still trying to figure out for what, I mean, I get it. The region needs to be stable, but at the end of the day, I mean, we got, we got stuff we need to deal with here, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so maybe I'm being naive from a global perspective by saying this, but I just think it's time. Mm -hmm. Me personally. Mm -hmm. And would you say that given everything that, do you agree with the argument that, it it was going to be messy no matter how we tried it 
like there was a chance that it was going to be messy? Or do you think that there was a possibility that it may not have been as messy as it is now, um, given the circumstances? Um, I, I think maybe they could have, you know, done a little bit more due diligence in the thing because it just kind of like seemed like it happened all of a sudden. Like, oh, truth out of Afghanistan. Like, we didn't get no no formal like, oh, okay, we're going to be out in six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe that would have helped things. And again, again it could have hurt, right? If if, sure. if the terrorists and the Taliban are over there, um, you give them six months to start plotting like, oh, well, they're leaving. You know, who knows how that would have turned out versus, all right, sure. it's time to go. Um, it was going to be messy either way. Yeah. 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 That's just the age that we live in with the politics. Everything is so political and, you know, everybody wants to, you know, everybody always wants to point their fingers at what. And so it's just, it's just real mm -hmm. messy. But I do appreciate what you said, that point of view of, you know what, let's just be supportive, you know, understand mm -hmm. the people that you, when you go over there, you're, you're not dealing with the politics. You're going over there. There's a mission. You got a mission yeah. to do. You're doing your job and trying to stay alive trying to stay alive and trying to keep as many other people alive as possible mm -hmm. as well, man. I, I do. I do acknowledge that. Thank you so much uh, for that little insight. Um, <clears throat> there was one more question I had to ask you about that. What 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 would you say to a young person who is considering that possibility? Like, what was it that drove you to say, you know what, I want to serve um, in the military? Like, what 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 would you say to somebody who may maybe or maybe not considering it? Um, all right. My reason, just being totally transparent, my reason for going is I just didn't have a lot of options out of high school, Mike. Okay. We didn't have a lot growing up, you know, I'm product of the projects, Kingston projects. And I just didn't take high school serious. Okay. So I didn't have great grades. And, you know, it was just like, well, you know, I was in ROTC for the whole four years in high school. So I, I loved the discipline. I loved the military. I'm a, I'm a type of person. I like structure. Okay. And the military gives structure, right? Sure. Um, and so that was kind of my thoughts on going. And I, I, I just figured it'd be better than sticking around here and trying to figure life out. So I enlisted. Now, why the Marines? <laughs> That's a funny story. That was an accident. I was actually going to join the Army. And so when I pull up, there's the Army, there's the um, Air Force and the Marine offices. And what I didn't know was the Army and Navy was around the corner. So oh. I went in the Marine office and like, hey, you know, I'm trying to find the Army guys, man. Where's their office? And they were like, why? You want to be all you could be? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> what, what, what? And they're like, come here. Let me talk to you for a minute, man. Next thing I know, I'm taking tests. And, you know, I pass the test. I go home. like, hey, mom, I'm be a Marine. She's like, wait, what? And I go, I'm going to be a Marine. Now, keep in mind, I'm 5'9 and weigh like 120 pounds at this point in high school. Um, and everybody's like, you're going to do what? And I'm a mama's boy. I cried. I had really, my, I was raised by my mom and her sisters. Okay. I was grandchild. So I was a mama's boy. I was horrible. I couldn't control my emotions. I cried. Just like anytime I ain't like, man, this is messed up, dude. What's going on around here? And yeah, I was that kid, right? Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I was a hot mess. And um, so I ended up going to the Marines. I, I really didn't know anything about the Marines. Um, like most people don't, they just think all oh, Marines, but, uh, but I, I will say this, if, if you were thinking about doing it, um, go in with the right hit, right mindset, right. Okay. That, you know, this is going to, if I, if I take advantage of it, it's going to make me better off. Mm -hmm. At least that's my opinion. I would not be the person that I am today. Had I not gone to the military for eight years, I was in the Marine Corps okay. for eight years. 
Okay. Um, the discipline that I have now is just truly, truly amazing. That has allowed me to be, you know, again, this as successful as I am, because I had a good friend of mine, you know, I have my nonprofit. And he, you know, he we talk pretty much every day. He's like, man, where are you? I'm like, I'm of course, you know where I'm at. I'm in my office. Like I rent, you know, I have office space. And he was like, bro, I gotta hand it to you, man. You know, he's the you, I, I don't know anybody as disciplined as you are. You up every day at your office and you don't have anybody to hold you accountable for that. And I was like, that's because the military put that in me. Mm. And so I say yes. And there are great benefits. You know, I'm able to get my house, VA loan, no down payment. You know, um, it's just a lot of benefits to me uh, that I am starting to see by my, my service. Now, you know, did I have a heart of serving or being a servant when I went in? Not not initially, but, you know, once I was in there and I realized, you know, what was at stake and what we are there for to protect our country, then I took my job serious. Appreciate that, man. Um, wow. Well, hey, if there's anybody that is definitely interested in that, those are some definitely some food for thought. Make sure you pass that that information along to some other folk. Uh, make sure they, you know, let let them listen to the podcast, listen to the rewind of this because um, I think you provided some great, some great insight, Lonnie. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, I think the closest I got to something was I took the ASVAB in high school. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, the good old ASVAB. I took the ASVAB in high school, and I couldn't leave those recruiters. They, they, man, they, they called, they were relentless. I must have did good in the ASVAB, man. Yeah. I tell you what. Yeah. Um, but um, no, that was something. I know Kevin said he wished he could be in the military, but because of his disability, he can't. But you know what, Kevin, 14 years in children's ministry, man, you're doing, uh, you're doing some great work as well. And uh, your service is, is just as important as uh, the folk that are uh, serving in the military, they are able to do that. So with that being said, let's take a quick break and then we'll have our heads up from me. Follow the Headspace with Dr. Mike show on all social media platforms at Headspace DM. We want to keep you up to date on all of our hot topics and keep the dialogue going even after the show. We also value what's important to you and your community. DM your show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook. The next time you log on, you may hear Dr. Mike discussing the very topic or issue close to your heart. So there is something that um, I was thinking about the other day, uh, especially you all know the journey that I'm on. I want to give you all an update as always. Uh, we are down 8.6 pounds since uh since last week. And so we are steadily making our way down there. And I got a confirm from the doctor uh, just when I go to doctor, Wednesday or Thursday? I think it was Thursday. Anyway, went to doctor one of those days and uh, she is pleased with uh, what's going on. So I did want to give you guys a heads up. Uh, so we are down again. Uh, so the, the, the ultimate total is 25 pounds since August 7th when I weighed in at the hospital. And uh, so I just want you all to know, thank you so much for your prayers. Um, and it, it kind of just leans into everything. It's uh, the concept of leaning into discomfort. And that's my heads up for today, everybody, leaning in to discomfort. Uh, Brene Brown, you may have heard of her. She, uh, she really has um, hit the ground running. And I was exposed to Brene Brown at a conference. And then later on, uh, 
I was exposed to her TED talk. And in one of her uh, TED talks, she said, it is he or she who's willing to be the most uncomfortable can rise strong. And when I really start thinking about that, many times we find ourselves in the fight or flight stance when someone says something about us or says something to us that we don't like, or if it doesn't make us feel good. I mean, you know, think about it. Somebody say something that you don't like, makes you feel uncomfortable. We tend to be ready to fight them or ignore that person. You know what? We'll block them, right? We won't give them access to certain things. And instead, and we spend all this time dealing with what they did to us. And we spend less time dealing with the fact that, you know what? There may be something of truth that I'm not able or willing to see. Um, and we got to be careful of that. You know, what about it could be true? Is this something that may be a blind spot to us? Uh, is this a blind spot that I may have or something like that? I remember um, one day I was driving, um, I driving and I noticed that this cop was, was trailing me. And of course, you know, being a big black man, right, in America, uh, you know, one of the first thoughts that come to mind is, oh God, here we go. You know, I'm getting harassed by the, the cop. And it was clear he was following me, didn't turn his lights on or anything. And I was being subtle, you know, about my movement, but I was just kind of, you know, how you'll change lanes and stuff to just make sure, see if they're following you or not. And sure enough, he was following me. And eventually we got to a point where we were at a light and he pulled over to the side of me and he had me roll my window down. And he said, I just want you to know, he said, your, your, one of your taillights is out. And I was following you a few miles back because I just wanted to make sure at the angle that I wasn't, you know, that maybe it was working, but I just couldn't see it at the angle. And he said, I did, before I told you, I wanted to be sure. And he said, because, you know, I said, man, I, I really do appreciate that. And I was like, Lord, because he could have given me a ticket. He could have pulled. I mean, there's a whole lot. This could have gone a whole nother way. And I was like, I was really appreciative of him. And he said, no problem. He said, you know, we don't always uh, we don't see what's behind us. He said, we don't always see that. You know, there's, there's things that we don't get to see all the time. And so I just wanted to make sure I made you aware so that you could do something about it. And now that you're aware, you can do something about it. And that really stuck to me because I am grateful for the people that I have in my life who have been trailing me through the miles, right? And there are things that they've seen and they've taken time to make sure before they bring it to my attention that is truly what it is that they see, right? And, and that's something that I wanna, you know, when we talked about mentorship a little earlier, we need to have those people in our lives. We need to have those people that we can trust that when they bring something to us, it's coming from a place of love, it's coming from a place of compassion, it's coming from a place of empathy, and it's coming from a place where they genuinely wanna see what's better for you and make sure your, your well being is taken care of. And so, you know, I, I, a lot of that starts with discomfort, right? A lot of, a lot of times, one of the things that I think about is some of the conversations, the hard conversations I haven't had with some folk who are no longer here, right? I think about that relative that was really, you know, going through some health and, you know, I had answers that I could give them. You know, I may not necessarily follow the answers all the time, but I could at least help them. But I didn't say anything. Why? Because it was going to make them uncomfortable. It was going to make them feel bad. And sometimes we have to lean into that discomfort. Um, I remember back on the ranch, um, Biggest Loser Ranch, uh, we did a CrossFit workout. If y'all remember, it was episode two, I believe. And um, there was a point where I got lightheaded and dizzy. And uh, they actually showed this part <laughs> on the show 
They were all gathered around me and Bob, my trainer, Bob Harper, he said, Mike, I want you to pay attention to how you're feeling right now, because that way, if you remember how you're feeling right now, you'll never go back to that again. And um, I think about that a lot because unfortunately, I didn't quite remember how that felt because I put myself in that same position again. Um, and unfortunately, um, with, you know, with the Lord has a funny way of just allowing it to kind of get worse before it gets better. And I, and I'm, I'm very appreciative of um, those of you who have stepped up and said things, including my wife. There are times I chew out, I chew out my wife, you know, she'll, she'll be just really trying to look out for her husband and make sure her husband's taken care of. You know, she was my best friend before anything. And she just wants to make sure I'm okay. Um, and you know, I chew out my mom. There was one time my mom tried to say something and I kind of, you know, got an attitude with her. And, um, one of the things that I, I recognize is the importance of leaning into that discomfort. Um, and we have to, uh, because it's in those times that all of a sudden when we're uncomfortable, we want to get out of it. Right. Um, and so with that being said, one of the things I want you to make sure you're understanding is that when you talk about this idea of leaning into discomfort, I'm not saying that you have to always sit in it. Like, I don't want you to stew in it and, you know, put yourselves in a position where you got to constantly be like, woe is me, like Eeyore. But at the same token, um, remember that lean into it. Right. That's that's where the that's where the magic begins to happen. That's when the manifestation of what it is that that you really want to get to starts happening because you got to be uncomfortable. Right. Um, there's spots that, you know, I think sometimes we make we make people feel comfortable in their mess. And when they're comfortable in their mess, then all of a sudden the mess gets messier. And so with that being said, my heads up for you all is really make sure you take time to lean into the discomfort. And that's my heads up, everybody. Our world is filled with polarizing topics that land most people on one side or the other. The Headspace with Dr. Mike team isn't afraid to take them on. Monthly, we will invite people on both sides of some of the most controversial topics from the serious to the silly to debate their positions. We look forward to charged discussions that will inform and entertain. DM your head-to-head -head show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook at Headspace DM. So I'm noticing something, Lonnie. You have your Alabama shirt on. Roll Tide. <laughs> now, you, you said you're from Houston, though, but you did go to Alabama. No, I'm actually from Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Born and raised in Birmingham. Um, and then after I got out of the military, I went back home and went to the University of Alabama um, got and got my degree in finance and investment management. Ah, okay. That's why you're so good at the money stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, I've always kind of liked money and stuff like that and just kind of been intrigued. I remember watching the movie um, Wall Street, ah. Michael Douglas, and, you know, like, I want to do that. I want I want to do money. And so anyway, okay. um, I chose that. Well, I, okay, I take that back. The, the reason I've always liked money, but that's not why I chose this major. I chose this major because I wanted to work downtown and wear a suit to work. Ah. And it said prepares people for corporate finance. And I was like, okay, cool. Nah, I like money and finance, so we'll go with that. And I want to wear a suit to work and work downtown. <laughs> Naughty, I love how you have backstories of these things. And these backstories are amazing. Um, right. We're going to talk more about the finance piece in a minute. But, um, you know, I saw your shirt and it reminded me, man, college football season is here. I mean, I think oh. we're here. 
Ooh. We're here, man. We're here, and so I, obviously we know who you're who you're rooting for. We got that all the way, bro. Tonight, <laughs> all the way. We fresh off a championship, you know. But oh, here usually, we go. Usually, we end up taking a loss or two the year after a championship. We rarely go undefeated two years in a row. Uh, right. So, right. 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 Well, you know, of course, I'm a, a Buckeye. So there you go. You got that. Oh, I wasn't ready. They choked. Yes, they did. No, I'm, so, you know what? Honestly, I don't think anybody in the country could have beat Alabama last year. No, no, no. I don't I mean, think so either. I mean, I'm not just saying it because Alabama, but, the, but between the quarterback, the receiver, the two first yeah. round receivers and the first round running back, I mean, it's yeah. like we were putting up 50 some points a game. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people just didn't have the talent to keep up. Yeah. With and, it's, and it was a COVID year. You know, it was COVID. So, you yeah. Had that situation going on. So, and it was, it was so fast on offense. It's kind of like, yeah. You know, and one coach said, like, man, they, if you don't stop them, then you really don't have a chance. And so when we go out there and boom, boom, touchdown, touchdown, you 14 points behind in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, all it's going to take for you to have is one three and out, and you're, you're pretty much done. Yeah, you're done. You score the next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always amazed even at just how high scoring the college games are anyway to begin mm-hmm. with. But then you're right. It's like, good night. They they just go out there and just kill. So, yeah, we, this is going to be an interesting season. What is this about the uh, the ACC, Big Ten, Big, I think it's Big 12, trying to talk about um, an alliance? Like, what, <laughs> what is going on? What is happening? So, man, <laughs> you know what that's all about, right? Um, they're just trying to put something together because uh, Texas and Oklahoma was going to leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC. Uh, they say, yeah, 2025, but it's probably going to happen sooner than that, I suspect. Um, and, um, and so that's going to make this create make this SEC, this behemoth yeah. of a conference, right? Yeah. Um, somebody said LSU. What was that? Loser State University? Oh, stop. <laughs> Okay, my bad. My bad. Sorry to hear that. Sorry Lonnie, that. you don't 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 intimidate my listeners now. I'm just yeah. messing with him. He, you know, it's always like every time I wear my Alabama shirt, anybody that has anything to say, and then I say something negative, I was like, let me guess, LSU fan, right? Like, how did you know? How did you know? Like, y'all said, oh, man, come on. Y'all the only ones that still just don't get it, bro. <laughs> they still don't get it. Like, and so then they go, oh, y'all stole our coach. Like, no, we didn't steal your coach, okay? It's like when you're dating a pretty woman, you got to know she got options, okay? You got to know she got options because she's pretty. <laughs> right? So Nick, Nick Saban left, tried the NFL. He came back. Y'all had your coach. Your coach had won the championship. So you can't just take less miles away and you just want championship. Although it was with Nick Nick's players, but anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. Nick just trying to get in where he fit in, and we're, we're glad right. to have him. Man, I tell you what, that's a, it's going to be an interesting season to see how all that pans out. Right. Um, Urban Matt, Urban uh, Meyer is not uh, really making friends because uh, you know he made the switch to the pros. He's with the Jaguars, right? And uh, he's not really making friends down there. I guess you know I, I, I I'm guessing making that transition from uh, college to the pros is always a challenge, especially mm-hmm. the first year. So I mean, that's just. That's just natural. So yeah. we'll see how that plays. And, and to get back to your question, this this alliance that they have is just maybe a, it's just more of a gentleman's agreement to try to work together since they know they realize now the SEC is just 
you know, they got a lot of great teams in the SEC now. When you throw in Texas and Oklahoma, and you know, you got your Alabamas, you got your AM, your Floridas, your yeah. Georgias. Woo, it's gonna be a hot mess. Yeah, it is gonna be a hot mess. I'm excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good uh, a good season. So we'll definitely have to um compare notes with that man. So yeah, I'm excited yeah. about it. So so as we are building up, you know, we're going into the the fall semester. You and I both teach uh college, you know, college. Yeah. Uh, so we, we we're dealing with with college and stuff. Are you like ready? That. Are your classes ready? Let me ask you. Are your classes ready? Uh, <laughs> I may or may not be updating my uh, <laughs> syllabus for Monday shortly after the show's over. I may or may not be doing I that. No. Yeah, we <laughs> need to add like the COVID to our syllabus. Yeah. Um, let's all this. So man, I'm like man, I got to redo all these syllabi. I mean, man, my classes are online, so it's just like copy. Change dates. We good. Yeah. Now I gotta redo my syllabus. I gotta do all these protocols. Yeah, man. We uh the school I'm teaching at, we are in person, yeah. but we have to be prepared to to make the flip. You know, if, if we're not good or if the school ends up having to go into some kind of um mm-hmm. some kind of protocol. So uh it's gonna be interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um um, but yeah, man, I, I got I got some things. I still got a little bit of work to do to get ready. I think though, what one of the benefits to you know, th- there was some there was a lot of pros to the whole COVID situation as much as um, it was a sad situation. Um, you had to look at the the silver lining, right? And it forced a lot of us organizationally into the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, I was I was busy fretting. I was like, man, I didn't get my handouts to the copy center. So that I could have handouts for my students, and then I realized, but I have fillable PDFs now. So most students now have laptops. At the very least, they have their their um, mm-hmm. their iPads. I don't necessarily need to give them handouts anymore. Like I can just make the handout available. Mm-hmm. They can fill it in on their PDF. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you know, always I'm starting to think, man, you know, there's little things like that. So that was something that uh, made me feel a little better about life. Right, um, right, but right. nonetheless, I still got to get my online because we changed from Blackboard to Brightspace, and so I have to. That's what I we have use. Get, I have to get uh, I have to get that all together. So oh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. Chore. We use D2L, but yeah, it's a got to get ready, man. Whoa, the whoa, what the first world problems, right? First world problems. Hey, um, I want to start talking with you, and then we'll we'll have we'll take a break in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I want to get to you, man. We, we, you know, I always have your ear, and um, you know, we have some folk who just really want to do right by their money. Gotcha. And um, and so I, you know, I always, whenever I can, man, I love to um to just pick your brain about some things with money, and then also when we get back from break, I want to hear about what it is that you're doing with your financial literacy ministry, as well as um projects that you're working on. But I want to talk a little bit about these tax credits that are, are being given to parents, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with it, but um, they're basically uh, under, as a part of the COVID relief that President Biden put through Congress, the most latest one, one of that included, instead of the child tax credit, um, you claiming it on your income taxes, you know, when you file your taxes next year, um, you're actually giving a check. Uh, early on. So I think it started in August, started in August uh, or it was was July, actually. Um, For every child that you have under six years old, it's a $300 check. And for every child over um, six, I think to 18 is a $250 check. 
And so you have the option to opt out of it, of course. And if you opt out of it, then that just means that you'll make that known when you um, file your taxes. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's just a little bit of confusion about should I get this now or should I just wait for when it's time to file my taxes? What's your take on that, man? Um, it's it, kind of like anything else is life. I mean, am I going to benefit by getting it now versus later? And it really depends on, you know, your your financial situation at the time, you know, there are some families out there that could probably use an extra money right now, but then mm -hmm. that becomes the question becomes then is like, what are you going to do with the money? What's going to, how is it going to have a positive impact? Or are you just going to go out to eat with it? I mean, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, or like, if you're like my wife and I, we tend to kind of owe taxes every year or be it a small amount or a large amount, depending on the year. Um, I would me in that case, then I just let that roll and, let you know, apply it to my taxes. That apply to your taxes. Right, right. Wait a minute now. So you're one of those people that don't um that don't set it up so that you can get a, a refund? A big no, refund? Bro, I ain't hadn't got a refund since my kids got older. Um, so yeah, that's something to look forward to when your kids get over 13 and both, you know, and they, now now my youngest is 18 and my oldest 21. So, but yeah, it's one of those things. If you're getting a large tax return, ah it's always been my opinion, you know. I'd rather have my money now and do what I need to do with it than let the government give me a big check. Because okay. at the end of the day, that's your money. Only thing that's happened is you overpaid throughout the year based on okay. your circumstances. So, you know, I, I would say go ahead and get in front of some stuff. So, like, if you know you're going to be making a large donation to the church, like if you're going to itemize your deductions, and I don't want to get too much tax off, but... You know, the, the IRS doesn't know you got a house and how much interest you're going to be paying on your loan. The IRS don't know you're going to be donating money to the church. They don't know a lot of the stuff that you're going to be writing off, but you do. OK, and so, you know, if I, if that's the case, then and that's usually what causes a, refu a refund. Right. You write off so much stuff or you get child tax credits and stuff. Um, so if somebody's getting a five thousand dollar, let's say five thousand dollar refund, like that's about four hundred and sixteen dollars a month that you're overpaying in taxes. Mm. Now, can I use can this person use 400 bucks in their month, you know, $400 extra a month and maybe get a, a, a less return, maybe, you know, a thousand dollar return and you got money coming in extra to do something with it, pay down some debt, uh, you know, you know, make, establish a savings account, whatever. Right. Mm. But the key is making sure that you have a plan for what you're going to do with it and, mm. and, and use the money for what it's supposed to be used for. Right. That's yeah. 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 Don't just all of a sudden upgrade your lifestyle. Now, I'm not talking <laughs> about going out, you know, you're buying better clothes, you're eating out at, you know, steak 48 now instead of just going, you know, get your regular, you know, steak <laughs> at the grocery store yeah, or even, exactly. you know. You you busy going to STK and and not going to Texas Roadhouse? You'd have moved on up, right? You moved on up now because you got <laughs> this money and your life is no better off than it was before financially. <laughs> Even <You're> better. <laughs> um, when we get back from a break, I want to hear more about what it is that you're doing, what some pro projects you you have up and coming, and just kind of hear um some things that you've been uh, working with with your financial literacy program. So we'll take a quick break and be right back. All right, my man. We're going to take a break. And a break. Focused on photo, versed in video. For any media brings visions to life from headshots to family shoots, casual candidates to structured scenes. Our team can provide whatever you need. 
In Baltimore, you may have seen us at local events such as the Poly City Tailgate or the Randallstown Rom. You can find us on all social media platforms at the number four, Any Media. For any media, for anything, contact us so we can create. So Lonnie, you have talked to us a little bit. You've talked to us before, and I, I was just looking at one of your, your the book I got back when you when you and I worked together mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and I talked about it on the air previously. But talk to us a little bit about the financial literacy that you do. Is the, is Money Live? Is that the name of it, or uh, that's one of our events? The, the company is called Alliance Financial Ministries, okay. and we're a nonprofit financial literacy company located here in Houston, Texas. Um, and so we have. We have um, adult programs as well as corporate programs, as well as youth programs, right? I started the organization about uh, almost 20 years ago, actually, um, just having some financial problems of my own. And so Money Live is one of our youth programs that we do for high school kids. We bring them in what we used to before COVID to a big, you know, convention center. We give them a lifestyle. They get a, hey, you're 25, you're you make $6,800, you and your spouse, you're married with a three-year-old, and then they go around the room, they have to buy houses and buy cars at different booths, and, you know, kind of put their budget together. And like the Cosby show with yes, uh, but, yeah, Rudy thought yes. he was thrown. So, Not Rudy, um, Theo. Theo thought yes. he was thrown. So imagine DLP and that episode of the Cosby show. All together. All together. <laughs> DJ. I love that. We got 500 kids. I'm throwing T-shirts in the crowds. Um, oh, that's dope, man. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to talk offline about bringing that to Baltimore. We're gonna have yeah. to do well, that. You know, Rodney was trying to get it done because he he's been the MC for the last two years. Get out. Uh, uh, yeah, I flew him down. He was the MC for the last couple of years, and just you know, because it got bigger than I could handle. It was just it was just so much going sure. on. I was trying to MC and trying to do everything. Um, and so then because of that, parents were like. Man, this was great. My kid came home and apologized. You know, I get letter, I get emails from single moms saying, you know, she really tries to give her boys everything they can. You know, they 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 get everything they want, they need, some of the stuff they want, and you know, it's a struggle. But her son came home and hugged her and said, "Mom, I really did not realize how tough it was." Wow. And that just kind of touched me real. She, you know, I was like, "Man, I'm glad I'm making a difference." So because of that, then I started these two day workshops because the parents were like we want more. Okay. This was just an introduction. So we would do two-day workshop where we bring the kids in. We talked to them about bank accounts. We talked to them about credit, um, how to buy a car, how to rent an apartment. And so because of COVID, we ended up doing them online virtually now. And that has just been, I mean, we got people from all over the country coming. I okay. mean, you know, and we would, you know, banks would sponsor them. Banks would sponsor a week-long camp. It's from 1030 to noon. And we would do them on Zoom. I mean, we had like 75 kids a day. That's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible, man. I, I think that that's, you know, I, I was joking. I was speaking not too long ago. And one of the things I, I asked the audience, I said, how many of you have kids that don't know that you broke? Don't know that you're not rich, you know, because little bite, you know, I think he thinks that we go to the mat that the, whenever we take money out the machine, I don't think he gets that there has to be money in the machine you know, yeah. our personal machine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. I would tell my kids early on, anytime they have, we don't have money for that. We don't have money for that. Yeah. We don't have money for that. Yeah. And so it wasn't until they got older that they realized we got money. So yeah. my young mother's like, Dad, all these years you telling me we ain't got money for that? You and Mama got money. 
I'm like, yeah, I said we didn't have money for that. I for didn't that. say we didn't have money. <laughs> she just looked at me and shook her head and walked away. Wow, man. I, I, I didn't realize that 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 event was like that. It um I remember when we did um ultimate money skills for mm-hmm. making account and just right. the impact, like some of the stuff we would teach. I was like, man, I wish I had known this when right. I was in college. Right, you know? right, right. Um, but um all right, so you work on that, you're doing that, you're doing it virtually right now. When you know, at some point, I'm sure you're gonna be able to get back to the the, the yeah. in-person events. You're working on a book. What's 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 that about? Oh, wow. It's called um, Life After Debt, A Journey to Wealth. Okay. Um, and so my wife and I recently paid our house off, right? Okay. Um, uh, and I turned 54 a couple weeks ago, on the 13th. Okay. And I was like, babe, this is the 20th year of our financial meltdown. In 2001, we were two months behind on our house note. Okay. And had made six figures income, you know, between the two of us. Mike, we were bringing home about $9,000 a month, 98, yeah. 99, and 2000. But we just didn't do the right thing with our money. Sure. Right. You know, and we just got caught up in buying houses and buying a car. And next thing you know, $9,000 is not $9,000 when you got right. student loans and all that. And we were check to check. And I was a financial advisor and basically, you know, commission. And then once the 9 11 hit, the stock market took a dive. I okay. made no money for like two, three months. And then missed January's payment of two, January 2001 and missed February's payment. And I realized in that moment, I got to do something different. And so that's when I started the ministry. That's when we got on this journey to get out of debt. And so now that we're here where we have no more debt, taking us 20 years, uh, we're looking forward to the second half. And so I want to write about that, that whole story, these last 20 years of, you know, what we did, why we did what we did, and just what we learned from the experience. So Man, that you can see the journey. No, dude, that is incredible because you, well, you wouldn't be surprised. There are so many people who can share, they recognize that story, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you bring up a good point. We were making more money. I, you didn't say this, but what I got from it, we were making, I mean, clearly we should be able to pay our bills, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Be able to pay our bills off of it. But, and so you have people that are dealing with that and they're, 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 they can't say, they feel as if they can't say anything about it mm-hmm. because they're like, you know, it's a shame. Like, yeah. man, you know, I mean, I'm a loser because I can't, <laughs> right. I can't, man. You know, I mean, just the the, right. the the shame that comes along with that. And so I definitely know that that's going to be a blessing, man. And I'm, I'm excited to um, see. Do you have an idea of when it's going to be done? I know I'm going to start it. I got to take some grad courses here for, for my job to get promoted. So I got to get that done. And that ends in March. So after that, I'm going to start actively writing it. Right now, I'm just putting okay. all the chapters together. Uh, right. You know, trying to figure out, you know, what did I do after that? <laughs> that kind of stuff. That's awesome. And I'm excited about the project. Um, so it's probably my last book took me about 18 months to write. So okay. Um, and remind us again what the title of your last book is. Your, your book. Spend everything: an inspirational guide to money management. So I go from telling people spend everything to hey, life out the debt. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. And how can people get a hold of that if they wanted to, um, the the spend everything? They could go to LonnieMatthews.com and then I remember uh, it's Matthews with one T, not one two. T, but I bought both domain names because I had people saying they couldn't find me. So I had to buy both. <laughs> <laughs> Very smart, man. And what's and what's your um talk talk to us a little bit about how we can connect with you um if we want to reach out to you off off offline. Okay. Yeah, just go to my, my email is uh, Lonnie at financial ministries.org. 
That's Lonnie at financialministries.org. That's actually my, my main email account. That's through my nonprofit. And our nonprofit is financialministries.org as well. Um, so, yeah, those are the ways to get in touch, man. We, we're out here doing doing this work for these kids. Uh, we got out the school program for fifth graders where we, you know, the city of Houston gave us a grant to go into um, one of the you know, third ward and do all of the uh, elementary schools um, for after school program where we go in one day a week for an hour and a half and talk to these kids about money, let them write checks. We teach them, give them a check stub with their name on it, <laughs> you know. So you can get used to seeing that. Yeah. And then we talk about payroll taxes and the taxes mm-hmm. that come out of your check. Cause like my youngest daughter, she got her first real job, 16. And she thought she was about to have some money till she opened up. I'm like, wait a minute. They, they got my money, dad. I'm like, no, that's taxes. No, that's taxes. <laughs> taxes. I talked to you about that. She oh, like, man. Thank you so much. I'm like, Hey bro. <laughs> welcome. Oh man. Gotta love it. Hey, let's go ahead and take a real quick break. Then we're going to close out. Man, that hour went by so fast. Let's go ahead and take this last break, uh, Crystal. Follow the Headspace with Dr. Mike Show on all social media platforms at Headspace DM. We want to keep you up to date on all of our hot topics and keep the dialogue going even after the show. We also value what's important to you and your community. DM your show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook. The next time you log on, you may hear Dr. Mike discussing the very topic or issue close to your heart. Well, now it's time to say goodbye to all of <laughs> Yeah, hey everybody, it was a great show. Lonnie, thank you so much, man, for hanging out with us um, today. We're definitely going to have to have you back. I just got uh, I just got some DMs saying that we need to have you back. So okay, so, uh, okay. you always uh, you always are welcome. You have a home here at Headspace, and uh, I have a feeling that we're going to be uh, reaching out as well as talk about what you're doing with uh, financial ministries because I think that's something important. I think we need to get that get that spread around. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, everybody, I want you all to know that uh, I'm praying God's peace over all of your lives. Uh, May you be blessed from the tips of your toes all the way to the crown of your head and everything in between until we shall meet again. See y'all next time. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Headspace with Dr. Mike. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to follow us on social media at Headspace DM to continue the dialogue with other Headspacers regarding today's show. Everyone is filling their headspace with something. The question is, what are you filling yours with? Tune in next week.